Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Welcome everyone. This is Eric L. Dunham at the Mindset Disruption Strategist. We are here for another episode of Redefining Success. And joining me today is Matt McWilliams. He's the author of the book, Turn Your Passions Into Profits. He's known as the affiliate guy. And we're going to find out more about what that means, the journey that he's been on, and uh, just more about what he's passionate about. So Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. Hey, Matt, I love to start. I know we're going to spend time talking about your work and your book and everything else, but I always like to start the show really kind of getting to know who people are outside of all that. So could you tell my audience just a little bit about you outside the book and all that other stuff? Oh, man. Uh, just kind of a normal dude. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny, like in the book, I talk about standing out and mm-hmm. how to stand out and how you can use your style and your you know, your personality. And I, I am a, I'm an extreme introvert. People are very, very surprised to hear that about me after they've met me. Yeah. Um, I am a, I'm an adaptive extrovert. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. Like on the disc profile, I'm a high DI um, mm-hmm. on the adaptive side. Uh, Myers-Briggs, I'm an introvert, you know, and then, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adaptive extrovert because I, I kind of have to be one. And, and so because of that, I, I'm not one of those people who follows a lot of what I talk about in the book on standing out outside of a little bit of my personality. I mean, I wear the exact same thing pretty much every day. You know, I'm right out of the Steve Jobs. Now I don't, I don't go black turtleneck though. Cause first of all, turtlenecks are stupid. Um, you know, I can't wear a turtleneck. Um, it, it's just, you know, it's like wearing a heavy backpack around my neck all day long um, or a light backpack around my deck all, neck all day long. Um, I, uh, I'm just kind of a normal dude. I live in a you know, normal place, Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, I tell people all the time, it's like Fort Wayne. Yeah. I've heard of that. <laughs> That's about it. That's, That's like all I expect it. to get out of you. Right. You know, um, you know, it's an average size city, you know, a little bit under 300,000 people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, we're really excited that we have a PF Chang's now, but we're big <laughs> enough that we have like six Walmarts, you know, nice. and, and some Myers and a bunch of targets and, you know, and all that. So it's, it's kind of weird. Like the, you know, where I live and is kind of like a summation of who I am. You know, I'm not, I, I don't live out in the middle of the country. So I'm not like, you know, I don't have that. Right. And right. I don't live in LA or New York city where it's like, whoa, I live in LA or New York city, you know, or even Chicago. And it's like a big city. No, I live in Fort Wayne. <laughs> it takes 18 minutes to drive across the entire city to get to our kids. Soccer. We live on the North side. Their soccer's on the South side. And it takes 18 whole minutes, you know, in Nashville, where I grew up, uh, you know, 
an 18 minute drive sometimes becomes a 52 minute drive and you don't know what day here. It's like, man, traffic's bad. How long did it take you? 19 minutes. Whew. <laughs> wow. You caught all the lights, you know? Yeah, right. So that's me in a nutshell, you know, person, you know, personalized, I've got two kids, 11 and seven. Uh, we're really into, you know, soccer, the kids both play soccer. So, uh, I, I am super blessed, you know, with our business and, and lifestyle that like, you know, life does kind of revolve around that, you know, mm-hmm. um, we got our, our daughter has her first soccer tournament of the year, you know, coming up, uh, here this weekend, hopefully she's sick right now. So hopefully she still, yeah. you know, she still goes. And what does that mean? It means that, um, Friday about three o'clock, I'm going to shut down. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not working past three and Friday. Why? Cause I don't want to be rushed to get to Cleveland. You know, yeah. I, I want us to be able to leave by three 30 and get to Cleveland and have dinner and get her to bed and, and all that. And I, you know, I'm not judging, but I, I know parents like they don't get off till six. So they're not going to get there till 11 o'clock that night. And mm. I don't want to do that. No. So I choose not to, you know, and that's <laughs> the cool thing about it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we put that on the calendar and my, like it revolves around that. Uh, I take, you know, I do not work uh day before or day after or the day of my kids' birthdays, mm-hmm. you know, those are on my calendar in perpetuity. Yeah. Now, if we decide we're not going to travel until that weekend, well, I'm going to take their birthday day off and I might work the day before and the day after, but then we're going to go out of town, you know? So like yeah. anniversaries and things like that, like all my life is around that, you mm. know, those go on. So um, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell, I guess it's in terms of personal stuff, you know? Um, yeah. Married. I'm for one of the rare people. 14 who years now. <laughs> Be the I'm last one of the rare people who know where Fort Wayne is. I've got a son at Purdue. So. Okay. Yeah. That's where my grandmother went. She graduated there in 1931. Believe it or not. So. That was a little while ago. Yeah, that's where my daughter, where, where my daughter wants to go about right now. What am I most passionate about right now? Yeah. Um, same thing I've been passionate about for quite some time. You know, it is, uh, it's helping entrepreneurs, mm. you know, it is, um, whether, you know, they're just starting out, you know, that's what the book's all about, you know, like, Hey, I don't even know how to start out. Mm. Well, here's step one, step two, all the way through uh, step 10, you know, to, uh, you know, some of our entrepreneurs are, you know, now into, I got to do the math. What is it? Eight figures. You know, they're doing well over $10 million a year and we're helping them to take it to the next level. You know, so wherever you're at on the journey, I, I've just, I have always had a heart for entrepreneurs. You know, mm. I've been one for as long as I can remember. Um, I am, uh, I will be, I full disclosure, like one of the hardest things that I struggle with is relating to non-entrepreneurs. Mm. You know, it's a, it's an honest struggle that I I've had for some years. Like, you know, I, the introvert in me definitely comes out when you throw me in a room full of people who are just going to talk about how crappy their job is. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done. You know, like <laughs> how, is there an app I can install on my, like, what can I install on my phone where I can just play a game and disconnect? You know, uh, I play more Wordus. Wordus is my chosen game. Uh, I play more word games on my phone in part of, in conversation with people. I don't want to be in conversation. (laughs) And that's just, that's that introvert in me. Um, Because I just, I am, I am attracted to entrepreneurs. I have a heart for them. I want to help them uh, because, you know, I truly believe that there there's going to be, there already has been, and there will continue to be more impact made by entrepreneurs Mm. than any other group of people, whether they be doctors, scientists, you know, epidemiologists, uh, you know, I think that again, even like somebody who's, somebody's going to discover the cure for cancer. And uh, I still think that entrepreneurs are going to have a greater impact than even that person. Yeah. And 
might even be an entrepreneur who discovers a cure for cancer. Right. Right. That's exactly what I was about to ask. I mean, probably so. Probably so. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How do you get from where you are to kind of being able to work in this and, and, and kind of coach entrepreneurs today? Um, do everything the wrong way, <laughs> document that, and then help others not to make the same mistakes. You know, it's like I tell people, um, you know, I made every mistake imaginable. I started my first affiliate program in 2005 out of desperation, a company that, you know, it was there were three of us that were business partners. Uh, we couldn't make payroll. I spent all of Memorial Day weekend, 2005, trying to figure out how to start an affiliate program. Mm. There was no affiliate guy back then. There was no, there was like one blog post in a forum about it. Really? There was no book. There was no course. There was no find affiliates. Now there was no affiliate guy podcast with over 530 episodes teaching people how to do this stuff for free. And so I had to figure it all out myself. Uh, 18 months later, I was doing, we were doing over a million dollars a month from our affiliate program. The thing is, it could have been eight months later, could have been even six months later, had I done it all right. Mm. And so I tell people like, you can get there too. Yeah. Now your timeline might be 36 months without my help and 10 months with it. Mm. Well, I help you through 26 months of the frustration I went to. I'm going to tell you right now, those 18 months were hard. Yeah, They were frustrating. They were, uh, you know, in fairness, like if you're going to work the kind of schedule I work now, you will not do it in 18 months. I was single. Uh, I did not have kids and I worked 80 hours a week wow. every week for about two years. You know, wow. uh, I am not suggesting that anybody can do it. Not like I did, yeah. you know, making the mistakes that I did in 18 months. It's uh, probably impossible. Mm. The thing is, if you actually follow what I teach now, because I'm teaching you how to do it the right way and teaching you how not to do it the wrong way. Yeah. You can probably do it in 10 or 12 or even less in that kind in a good, healthy work mm. schedule, because you're going to avoid all the mistakes. And so that's the key, you know, screw up a lot, uh, do a bunch of stupid stuff, uh, document what works and what doesn't, yeah. um, you know, I, one of my favorite words in the English language is the word iterations. You know, uh, everything we do is iterations. We, do we have a plan for how we're going to do this perfectly from day one? Nope. We're going to try something mm. and you know what? It might work. And you know what? It might not. And then we're going to come back and we're going to find the piece of it that did, you know, we did this whole big, uh, we, this whole big launch about a year ago of a product. Uh, here's what worked the product, <laughs> the course, the marketing sucked. Mm. The way that we launched it sucked. The way that we did the funnel was mediocre. Mm. The way that we did the follow-up was pretty poor. So we yeah. said, you know what? We got the product though. So now let's go fix one other thing. Mm. Let's go fix, you know, ironically, let's go fix the the back end. Let's go fix the follow-up so we can know that when we market it well, that yeah. we'll have the follow-up right. And we fix the follow-up. And then we fix the front end. And then we fix the middle. And then we went, wait a minute. Now the product's a little bit outdated. So mm. let's go back and fix that. It's actually about two years ago that we did this. Let's go fix that now. Yeah. And so we did that, but it's like, hey, we got one out of four components right. You know, we can mm. either be depressed about that or go, wow, we nailed that. Like the people who bought and we only had like 87 people buy when we were expecting about 300, mm. those 87 people flipping loved the course. Like we're raving about it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how do we go get the other 213, mm. you know, to get in on this? Um, but so we iterated and we just continued even within like the pay, you know, the sales page, for example, like we threw up a sales page, didn't convert well. So we split tested. We found something, parts of it that worked better, parts of it that worked worse. And we kept 
getting better and better and better. And so that's ultimately how we do it. Hmm. Hmm. When you say affiliate, some of my people may know what that means and some don't. What would, do you have like a quick like definition yeah. that everyone would get it pretty quick? Yeah. I mean, the, con- the basic concept is simple and it's been around for thousands of years. Um, I have a, a platform. I know people yep. now in the old days, it was literally my friends and relatives. And so you had like some Roman dude and some other Roman dude walking down. And the one Roman dude said to the other, like, I really want a sandwich. And he's like, let me introduce you to Claudius. That's my boy. That's my deli here in Rome, ancient Rome. Surely ancient Rome had delis, right? Yeah. And so he took him in and Claudius said, thanks for the referral. Your next sandwich is free. That's an affiliate commission. Okay. All we did about 30 years ago is add technology to it. And so now we have the ability to have, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever of followers that we don't even know most of them. Mm-hmm. And we can say on social media and via email and whatnot, we can send out and say, we recommend this product. We recommend this service and get an affiliate commission for that. I mean, at its mm-hmm. core, that's what it is. And so okay. one of the ways that we help entrepreneurs is to be able to not only start affiliate marketing to monetize your platform, but to start an affiliate program to take advantage of all the people who want to promote you and get paid for it. Wow. Wow. So as you're kind of uncovering that, but it hadn't been discovered the before what were your biggest surprises? The biggest surprise to me, it's going to sound like it's such a micro thing, but it was like such a huge um, impact. That's two things, actually. The biggest, the number one biggest surprise was when I reach out to somebody and say, hey, do you want to be an affiliate? Uh, nobody wants me to write a novel. Nobody cares when I started the company, why I started the company. Nobody cares that your uncle founded the company in 1956. There's just a little bit of advice, by the way, for local service providers. Nobody cares how long you've been in business. Mm. As a matter of fact, uh, sometimes I want the person who's only been in business for two or three years because they're more likely to know the new stuff than you are. Mm. Just saying, you know, Uh, it's kind of like the doctors. Like you don't want a doctor who just got out of medical school and you probably also don't want a doctor who's been practicing for 47 years, right? You know, I kind of like my doctors to be in that like five year range, you know, like, okay, this is not your first surgery, right? You know, somebody's got to be his first surgery. I just don't want it to be me, you right. know? And uh, how many of these have you done? I've done about 400. Cool. When did you graduate? Uh, three years ago. Yeah, we're good. You know, yeah. like, you know, the new stuff, you're not like, you know, like you're using the new technology, right? You know, um, we're not talking about Matlock. And so, that's number one, you know, uh, the email, that first email when you reach out to a potential affiliate, you know, potential partner, uh, it's super short. And the goal is not to get a yes. The goal is just basically to get them to say, yeah, I'm kind of interested. Tell me more. That was the number one surprising thing. And so now when you go like grab, we, we, we give these away, like my best email templates for recruiting affiliates and finding affiliates, you'll notice it's four or five sentences long. Mm-hmm. We have what we call the five sentence rule in our company. You do not send an email out a cold email to a prospective affiliate that is longer than five sentences. If you do, you'll be fired. <laughs> you know, um, And nobody ever does, but they, they use right. the template. So that's the first thing. The second thing was, um, you know, and this is something I talk about in the book, like taking advantage of your disadvantages. Um, as a company, when we were getting things going, we'd hit about, I don't know, maybe 75 to a hundred thousand dollars a month. And you know, four or five months in, we had our biggest competitor was purchased by a publicly traded company. Mm. This was devastating to us because they were already big. They were already doing about 75 million a year when we were barely scratching, you know, looking at maybe breaking a million that year. And we, uh, they were bought by a publicly traded company. Now they're going to have unlimited money. 
Mm-hmm. And we were just like our initial reaction for the first three or four days. I'd love to tell you, I went, Oh, that's okay. We're going to be okay. I was like, initially the first three or four days, I just moped around the apartment mm-hmm. and I was devastated. And I, I don't know how else to say this, but uh, one day I, I had the amazing idea where men often have their most amazing ideas. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. You right. I, I was relaxing, chilling, and <laughs> I had an amazing idea. What if we took advantage of this monumental disadvantage what if instead of moping around and thinking, well, this really sucks. What if I reached out to all of their small affiliates, not their big ones, the ones who are you know doing a million dollars a year, they're not going to switch over to us. What if I reached out to all their small affiliates and it's really easy to find, you know, how their affiliates. And I said, Hey, uh, you may have heard that such and such company was bought by a giant publicly traded company. Uh, they have a reputation for treating their affiliates as a number, not a person. Mm. Um, speaking of numbers, here's my personal cell phone number as the affiliate manager here at hometown quotes. Uh, if you ever have any questions, you can text me or call me anytime day or mm. night, mm. and I will answer or respond to you as soon as possible. We'd love to have you as an affiliate. I'm going to be upfront with you. We can't pay more than this other company, but we'll match them. Mm. And, uh, and we convert a little bit better in my opinion, and I'm available for you. And we picked off affiliate after affiliate after affiliate went from about a hundred thousand a year to over 300 or sorry, a month, over 300,000 a month in two months solely on that. And it was the catalyst to getting us to that next level to be able to get to a million dollars. But it was one of those things like, again, you know, sometimes we look at those things and go, wow, probably they're going to just put us out of business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ball up. And it's like, Hey, what is that? What, what does this make possible? What mm. does this make possible? And it made possible. Like I could not have sent that message before that, because the reality is before they got purchased by the publicly traded company, they treated their affiliates great. Sure. And the actual reality is after they got purchased, they continued to operate as a wholly owned subsidiary. And quite frankly, still pretty much treated their affiliates well. Yeah. I just said the truth. The company that purchased them has a reputation of doing this. Would you like to come to us? And use that to our advantage. So I, you know, that's one thing that we work with people on. It's just like, how do we reframe this? How do we look at this mm. in a positive light? Yeah, sometimes it's so much just about the thought process. And if you can shift your thought process, you can see around mm-hmm. things that you can't see yeah. through. Yeah, that's so good. Um, what are the best types of businesses that fit an affiliate program? I mean, who, who, all of them. <laughs> Uh, government contracting is the one we haven't figured out yet. Yeah. Uh, I have worked in uh, retail companies. I've worked with Adidas, Shutterfly, uh, worked with tons of other retail you know, companies. I've worked with supplement companies, health and fitness, coaching, uh, digital products, courses, memberships, software as a service, mm. uh, lead generation. My first company was in lead generation, You know, the one I just mentioned. Uh, so financial lead generation, insurance, um, other, you know, mortgages, things like that. Every conceivable retail product course, you know, digital downloads, uh, mm-hmm. coaching service providers, uh, right down to, you know, even, um, you know, kind of probably one of the you know, books, you know, yeah. all those things can, can be, can operate as, uh, can have an affiliate program. I have yet, other than, like I said, we, we used to play a game called stump the affiliate guy. <laughs> and we have people come on and say, okay, uh, name your niche. Name, you know, tell me a little bit about your business. I'm going to think of opportunities for you to promote, um, you know, affiliate products. Yeah. And this one guy said, I work, I teach people or work with government contractors. <laughs> I was like, well, here's what I know about government contractors. 
They're still business owners. They still want to know even general business stuff. Mm. So could you recommend as an affiliate accounting software? Could you recommend as an affiliate uh, leadership products, communication courses? Mm. Could you recommend as an affiliate marketing product? Could you recommend as an affiliate uh, how to set goals and how to do mm. things like that? They're still gen- just because they're in a really specific niche that doesn't yeah. have a lot to do with potential products. They still are business owners and they want to know how to do better as a business. So tons of products that you could promote. And that was probably the toughest one where I was like, huh, I got to think about that for a couple <laughs> minutes. And so there's tons. I mean, anything could not only could you find products as an affiliate to promote, but pretty much any niche you could start an affiliate program. Mm. Mm. Talk a little bit about your book. What was the what was the passion behind writing Turn Your Passions into Profits? Yeah. I mean, it really came down to this is the stuff that we've coached people on for well over a decade. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do we start an online business? What's step one? Uh, mm-hmm. how do I even know what I'm supposed to blog about, podcast about? You know, it's it's you before you started this podcast, Derek, and maybe you weren't 100 percent sure, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe you were, and that's great. But it's literally from that point straight through developing the mindset of, well, first of all, you develop your ideal customer avatar. And then how do we become a leader? How do we capture attention? How do we convert people into subscribers? How do we create raving fans, you know, and and connect our community and build that community all the way through? How do we monetize? How do we monetize our platform and create content to create a sustaining business? These are things we've coached people on for decades, you know, Mm. almost, almost 20 years now. Yeah. The issue with that is, truth be told, I can coach about 25 people a year. Right. Um, it is in the tens of thousands of dollars. It's right. pretty limiting. Yeah. And so about eight years ago, I kind of started having this thought, like, how do I just get this out into more people's hands? Like, again, eight years ago, you think, wow, Matt, that's a long time ago. Yep. Because for about six years, I sat on it. Hmm. And it had nothing to do with that. I didn't want to get it out. It was just that I was busy. Yep. And then we had had this little thing called the pandemic. And um, one of the things I asked earlier, you know, what does this make possible? Right. Yeah. And one of the yeah. things that that made possible was that particular Christmas, we didn't travel anywhere. Mm. We always take as a company, we shut down for two weeks a year, uh, basically the about two, three days before Christmas through about four or five days into the new year. And then we shut down again at the middle of the year uh, from the last week of June through the first week of July. Okay. Every year we basically have, you know, a whole month off as a team in two week blocks. So we're all on the same page, which is doing nothing, you know? Well, we didn't travel anywhere. There's really nowhere to travel that year. And, uh, my family Christmas in North Carolina got canceled. And so (laughs) I, but I took the time off, you know, I said to the team, no, we're still going to take the time off just because nobody's traveling. Really? We're going to still take the time off. Well, I had time. Mm. All of a sudden I had time. And I wrote the first 25, 30% of the book. I wrote the first probably, you know, what was then about 35,000 words. And then we, of course, edited it down. But I wrote that part of the book. And then fast forward a few weeks later, I hit the busiest season of my career. Really? Um, big client launch. We we're doing a massive close to eight figure, you know, uh, product launch with the client. Super busy. And I said to the team, uh, you know, like this is, you know, this is big guys, like all, all hands on deck, including mine. And I went to our productivity guru, our in-house productivity guru, who's our operations manager. I was like, dude, I can't stop writing the book. Like I can't just mm. take three months off from writing the book. What do I do? And he said, can you write for 20 minutes a day? Just 20 mm. minutes. Can you do 20 minutes? A day? I said, I can do that. 
Yeah. Because I wanted to get this book in people's hands. And so I came down every morning. I woke up. I said, I can wake up 20 minutes early. I can't wake up an hour earlier. I'm already a little bit low on sleep. I can't get up an hour earlier. I can't put in an hour, hour and a half. Like I, you know, I was putting in two, three hours a, a day during the pandemic. I right. can't do that, but I can come down for 20 minutes. And I would set a timer for 17 minutes and I would type my heart out. I would write, you know, three, four, 500 words every day, six days a week, Monday through Saturday. I'd write just as much as I could. Timer would go off. And if I, I need, if I finished up, put some loose ends on that, you know, finish writing this sentence, this paragraph, whatever. And then I would type my notes for the next day. It would be like, tell story about dad, talk about mm. attention triggers. Boom. That's all I would say. And then I would come down the next day and like, what am I doing? Talking about my dad. Boom. Boom. End of story. Boom. Next day. Talk about this. Okay. And I do that. That's how I wrote the book. I wrote almost three quarters of the book roughly in 17 to 20 minutes a day. Wow. That was it. Yeah. So time is like, you do not need to get away to a cabin in the woods. <laughs> uh, that is a miss. That is a myth right there. We think, oh, if you go on a writing retreat for three weeks and go to a cabin at the, you know, in the woods and write, no, yeah. I wrote it in 17 minutes a day at my desk mm -hmm. before I did anything. That's the key is I did it before I, I, I came down. I literally, I would spend like 45 seconds doing jumping jacks and push-ups just to get my blood flowing to be able to go. I did it before I made my coffee. And then at the end of those 20 minutes, I was done. I didn't write another word all day. I went up, made my coffee and got about my day. But even in the busiest season of my life, I was able to finish this book. And it was because I knew like, again, what I did for all those people, you know, for 10, 20, $30,000, like, how do I get this in their hands? And, and, and a book was the easiest way to do that because we all know from birth, like, what do you do with your kids when they're three months old? You read to them. Yeah. You don't put them through an online course. <laughs> you don't take them to a virtual summit. You don't have them listen to podcasts. You don't go to webinars with your three month old. You read them a book. Yeah. So we're taught from a young age. You want transformation. You want life change. You want answers. You want solutions. You yeah. want the path. You're going to find it in books. Mm. That's what we're taught. Yeah. So I wanted to tap into that, like going and creating an online course. Yeah, I could have done that. And we have courses we have. We talked about those, right? We have those, but that wasn't the solution. It was a book. Mm. Mm. Matt, this has been so good. And everything you've shared has been so valuable. We're going to run out of time here. Um, is there anything you didn't get to share that you wanted to make sure you shared with the audience while we were together? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, actually, there's like a million things I want to share. I want to share everything. Um but gosh, yeah, there's not one thing that's for sure. <laughs> hey, if people want to get in touch with you, get a copy of the book, want to follow, maybe some people want to know, you mentioned some free downloads and some other things like that. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. I mean, you can get the book anywhere. If, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, if they sell books, they sell my book. Uh, you can go in stores. It's in most Barnes and Nobles that we've checked. Uh, you can get it there. But the best place to get it, if you go to Passions Into Profits book forward slash Eric D. So E-R-I-C-D, Passions Into Profits book for.com forward slash Eric D. Uh, that's the best place to get it. Now, if you're walking into Barnes & Noble after you listen to this, you know, you're driving right now, you go into Barnes & Noble, you see the book, grab it there, then go to that URL and you'll have a chance to, to uh, redeem your receipt there. Oh. Uh, the reason why that's the best place to go is we've got over $500 in bonuses for your listeners, Eric. Oh. Um, so just tons of stuff to kind of take some of the learning to the next level. We got a deep dive, like step one, we talked about developing your ideal customer avatar. Well, we've got a whole, like it covers four pages in the book, right? I go as deep as I can in 2000 words, but we got a whole 
course on that, you know, a whole yeah. training, I should say, on that. Uh, we've got another, you know, there's like 20 hours of additional bonus content that you can go through that'll take the learning to the next level, supplement some of what's in the book. There's a couple of things where we couldn't include it in the book. Yeah. Uh, we like there was an entire section where I just had to delete it. And I was like, oh, the reason is it only affects about 20 or 30 percent of the people. But I'm like, yeah, but those 20 or 30 percent, they need to know this. So hey, let's offer it as a bonus. So if you go to that URL, I know you'll put it in the show notes for people. Yeah, say that That's one more time. So everybody got it. Yep. Passions into profits book. So make sure you include the S's there. Passions into profits book.com forward slash Awesome. Awesome. Matt, my last question is always the same. I look forward to your answer. In three generations, what do you hope your great grandchildren remember about you? Hmm. This is not the one thing. Uh, th- there is a selfish reason why I wrote the book too. That's a legacy thing. Yeah. Um, I, I've created amazing courses, and we've had thousands of thousands and thousands of people go through them. I've worked with amazing clients from, you know, Tony Robbins, uh, Michael Hyatt, you know, Zig Ziglar's company, Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, Lewis Howes, Brian Tracy, like all of my idols. Uh, years ago, my wife asked me, what are your, what are your four dream clients? And I named four of them, Tony, Michael Hyatt, Jeff Walker, and one other. It's a, well, I'll keep private, even though I, I I'm, I'm working on that one. I was like, but I'm never going to work with any of those people. Mm. I've worked with three of the four. Wow. All those things are really cool. Yeah. Not a single one of them got the reaction when I got my author copies of the book and I showed it to my daughter <laughs> and she ran across the yard and she came up and smelled it. She's like, wow. mm, that new book smell. She never told my, any of her friends that her daddy worked with Tony Robbins or Jeff Walker or Michael Hyatt. She's never told any of her friends that I've helped sell, you know, over 300,000 books for other people, bestsellers like Brian Tracy and Lewis House. She told them that I wrote a book. Mm. So I don't think that that would be the thing, but it's a pretty cool side effect. I think what ultimately what that means, though, is it kind of goes back to the reason. Um, I hope that they remember that I helped people, mm. you know, and and not even a lot of people, although it, it's become a lot of people. Um he helped people, whether it be to, to sell some more stuff or to get over their mindset hurdles, uh, you know, to, to be able to, you know, build the business. Like he helped people build the business of their dreams. He helped people to live the life that, you know, they were, they were called to live and meant to live and, uh, uh, and, you know, and did so himself and, oh, and by the way, uh, so they'd be my great grandchildren. Um, so that would mean that their parents would be their grandparents. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, he went to all of my grandparents' soccer games. You, you know, go. I think that'd be another cool one. Yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing with us. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having you. Everyone, we will be back with you again next time. Have a fantastic day. God bless you. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com. 
com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360 Dot com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.